and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By. This is the show where we are doing what you like. We're gonna do a show about DS9. What episode is nine, it? Nine, nine, nine. Uh, this is episode DS9. Oh, I mean 146. My name is Jake. This is Chris. This is Ames. This is Caitlin. And this is still Liz. Whoa. Hey, Liz is back. You were with us last week when we talked about... Another thing, which I've already forgotten. That's for the best, probably. But we are back, and we're doing Star Trek. Star Trek, the next iteration, also called Deep Space Nine. I already made that joke. What? The first episode of TNG I called uh, the Yeah, but you didn't make it on the air. Well, no, I'm just saying, he's he's stealing my shtick. I don't didn't even know there was a shtick. Jake doesn't read the... I know. The Jake, you should probably keep your hands off Chris's shtick. <laughs> you don't want him getting excited. I mean, I not without agree. lotion. Anyway, so yeah, we are back from our little four-way, four-way. Our four-way? We're wow. back from our four-way. We're always having four-way. Our four-way here. foray into... But, but with Liz here, it's basically an orgy. Oh, I was just watching. Actually, <laughs> we had company for most of vacation. So. All of it. Yeah. Wow. We got, we got freaky deaky. No, it was all of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was hot and heavy in here. Yeah. Yeah, the only one that didn't have, have guests was one of the uh, recordings we did of us playing board games. Which I don't know when that's going to air, but... crazy. Anyway, yeah, so we are covering the first episode, the pilot two-part, two-hour feature-length pilot of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The title of the show is Eminence? Nope. Emissary. Emissary? It's elementary. Not not to be confused with the TNG episode. The Emissary. Yeah, this is just Emissary. It's it's an important difference. It's like Serenity or Eurythmics. See, they should have just put an exclamation point. Mmm. Or or a dot dot dot, like in all good things. Um, Emissary. Dot dot. Okay, so what happens in Emissary? Well, we are uh, we open up, we're at the Battle of Wolf 359, which you'll recall from the best of both worlds. Uh, although this time we are following the crew of the starship Saratoga. Among that crew is a uh, Lieutenant Commander Benjamin Sisko. And they're in the battle and their ship gets uh, attacked, obviously, by the Brogs. It's getting blowed up and the captain gets killed and Sisko's like, everyone abandon ship. So they all abandon ship, and then he's like, shit, my daughter and son, I mean, my wife, and my wife and her son are in part of the ship, and I gotta go rescue him. So he goes to try and rescue him, he finds the son, Jake, not, uh, no relation, and, um, (laughs) and, uh, and I'm Babs Bunny. And he also sees the, um, his wife, uh, Jennifer. Uh, but she is dead. Super dead. Can't save her. So they abandon ship, and she and her body, her corpse is is blown up along with the rest of the Saratoga. Was she definitely dead or just stuck? No, no, no she got they, scanned. They scanned her. They scanned her. Oh, anyway, gotcha. fast forward. We are now uh, introduced to the space station, Deep Space Nine. Benjamin Sisko is now a, a full commander and has been assigned to be the commander of this space station. Space station, and uh, now naturally, this is not a Federation space station. This 
is a Bajoran space station, Bajor being the planet that Rolaren is from, uh, among others. It's a Bajoran space station, but it wasn't originally a Bajoran space station. Originally, it was a Cardassian space station. You following along, people? Jesus. No. That's why it's uh, pointy instead of a mushroom. Yeah, mm. so essentially... The Cardassians were uh, the occupiers of Bajor. While they were the occupiers, they had a space station from which they administered oh, the, the space thing. space station looks pretty Cardassian. It looks like the little rib stuff on their neck. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's Everything why. that they do looks like their necks. Yeah. Um, Love it. And so they have their uh, their little space station, like but then because they, they abandoned Bajor, now it is uh, the, the Bajorans run it. Fuck you. The fuck is that? That's you, Jake. Is I was gonna me? say that isn't even me. <laughs> did, did Google start talking to me? It did. did. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> you know what's really funny what is at first I also believed it was my fault. Well, you're even the one. You're the only no fucking no, sense. Well, you got shit out of her. You got your phone out. My phone's talking. What the what, shit? What did it just look up? I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. It just is a blank screen. Well, tell it to shut the fuck up. Shut up. All right, I've done that. Okay. Anyway, where was I? So I've we're, done that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're on the space station. Uh, check that uh, ben Cisco, Benjamin Cisco yeah. has been assigned. He shows up with his son Jake. Um, no, no relation. No relation. <laughs> and they are there, and they're not very happy about it because the place is a dump. It they is. meet a few peeps. They meet uh, Major Kira, who is the Bajoran attache to the Federation, who is now going to be administering the station. They don't own it. They're just kind of running it on behalf of Bajor. But they have Major Kira. They have this dude, Odo, who looks funny. Turns out that he's also a shape shifter. I bet he smells funny. I bet he sure does. Snort me some Odo. <laughs> he just uh, looks like he's, I don't know. See, he just looks very sterile to me. I'd imagine yeah. he's probably no sterile. No, I bet he smells like that Gak stuff you used to be able to buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gak, that shit is pro- Actually, considering the color he turns when he's in goo form, he might smell like delightful caramel. Or he might cool. also just smell like whatever's around him. True, mm. like tofu. Yeah, mm. you cook him in yeah. <laughs> garlic. Yeah. We're also introduced to uh, an old friend of ours. Morn. Morn. Uh, no, uh, Chief O'Brien, who has been reassigned from the Enterprise, who, which is also there at the station dropping stuff off. It was nice of Picard to act like he'd be sad that he was leaving. Yeah. No. So, get that uh, bitch wife with you? Good. Yeah, really. We got a few other characters. We got, uh, we're introduced to, to Nog, who is a little hooligan, who is the nephew of Quark, who runs the bar. What's a nephew? A snephew. It, it's a Ferengi thing. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, okay. Am I anyway, saying? I'm not going to introduce the whole cast of characters. If you really want to know, you can look them up. But there's a whole shitload of people. The Enterprise is. Uh, they drop off some uh, some ships because remember this is a space station, so they could use some ships. So the Enterprise drops off uh, three uh, ships. Runabouts. Runabouts, which we've seen before in Timescape. Something like that. The one uh, where the Enterprise freezes <laughs> and Picard draws a smiley face and some smoke. Yeah. Accurate. Okay, plot of the episode. Um, Bajor, a very religious planet, and they're like, hey, we got these orbs that are kind of shaped like dog bones or apple cores. Why would they call it an orb? I maybe don't it's know. just an incomplete orb. Yeah, maybe. Just uh, feel so like... we got we got these 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 uh, sort of religious objects, but hey, guess what? They actually have powers. They can make you see shit. You go on a little vision quest, you see your dead wife. So they have these cool things. We meet this Kai Okapa who's Opaka. kind of Alpaca. 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 
uh, Opaka, who is a uh, the religious leader of the Bajorans, and she's like, "Ooh, you're the emissary, Benjamin Cisco," and he's like, "Fuck this." And she has like absolutely no sense of boundaries, and like is all touching on his face and shit. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "You need to get right out of here with that." I love touching ears, and I've only been hanging out with Frangiums. Oh, by the way, Cisco ears. has a major axe to grind with uh, Picard over the whole Locutus situation. So just which FYI. wasn't Picard's fault. No, well, you know, but can you really blame him? Who was on the yes, TV saying no? we're going to kill you? Locutus. Um, yes, but that's not Picard. It it's like different. Picard. Same haircut. Um, <laughs> or lack thereof. Different headgear, however. And they're like, well, fuck this. So uh, Cisco takes the orb back to the ship where we, uh, where he shows it to his new friend. No, his old friend, Dax. His oh, new man. old friend, Dax. Who is, uh, who is uh, a uh, Trill, which we met before. And they and uh, so she used she her body is now the host to the symbiote Dax who used to be in another body named Curzon who was friends with Cisco who's an old guy and now you know it's a pretty young lady so confused boner for Cisco sorry um, and uh, see exactly. Anyway, Dax is looking into this thing, and then she's like, hey, I think I figured it out. I looked at the historical record, which, you know, the Cardassians have never thought to do. And uh, all signs point to there being something crazy in space over here. So let's go in one of our little ships and check it out. So they do that, and a giant orifice appears in space and sucks them in. And it's... Um, like a jade egg. The vacuum asshole. Oh, of space. <laughs> the vacuum space asshole. Um... <laughs> Now? <laughs> oh wow. And they go they get they pass through the colon of the gods and emerge out of the other side. It's a double ended anus. Wow. Uh, ass My to ass. <laughs> they go ass to ass through well, as the long galaxy. As they don't go ass to mouth. They pop out and it turns out that they've been transported 70,000 light years or something like that what? to the Gamma Quadrant, which is another part of space, evidently. That's another Greek letter. And they're like, holy shit, that was crazy. Let's go back through and tell everybody. But oops, on the way through, they get stopped by these uh, aliens that are like, hey, you, what the fuck are you doing in my house? And they're like, we're just passing through. And they're like, what's passing through? I mean, what's time? What is this? Uh, so then there's like a 45-minute explanation of what time is. And baseball. For these for these dipshits that don't understand it because they're pleasure. What is they're it? They're aliens that that they're basically. Tell me how you die. Yeah, they don't understand anything. So 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 Cisco basically spends half the episode explaining literally the most basic things about existence to these people. Meanwhile, the Cardassian commander who used to run the station shows up and is like, "I'm gonna go in that wormhole. I want to see what's." on the other side so he goes in but his ship gets fucked up some other Cardassians showed up and are like hey what'd you do to our buddy Dukat and and they're like we didn't do anything he went into the wormhole and they're like what wormhole and they're like what shit the wormhole's gone fuck so the other Cardassians like fine we're gonna if you don't show us where our friend is we're gonna shoot you and they're like okay shoot us Uh, we we can defend ourselves and then inside they're like we actually can't and they're like well fuck it (laughs) fake it till you make it boys Uh, so they start shooting torpedoes they shoot all of their torpedoes and they don't even aim at the ships because they're that crazy a bunch of people die. Ticket booth blows up. Thing falls on some dude's head. No one's got killed. But anyway, Cisco, after he's done... A bunch of people die, but no one gets killed. Yeah, 13 injured, no fatalities. Yeah. Even though, uh, you know, so Cisco finally finishes up explaining, making these people understand, like, listen, the reason I'm sad is because my wife died. And they're like, oh, sad. Now I understand. So we're going to send you back out there. And, you know, oh, by the way, why don't you bring this uh, this Ducat guy with you? So he comes out of the asshole again. <laughs> and it's like... And so he's he, pooped out. And he's got, you know, it's like... 
like a little like one of those like a uh, anal beads. He's, he's, uh, there's a little <laughs> ship and there's a big ship. Uh, pulls it out. And there's a bunch of ships. <laughs> stuck goes, on goes, all the ships. Goes, oh. When when the Ducat ship comes out, it's a reverse fisting in space. Um, and fisting and uh, he's like, "Hey, Cardassians, look, I got your boy here." And they're like, "What? There is a wormhole, you guys." <laughs> And uh, um, about your ticket booth, and, uh, so everything's peaceful, and uh, yeah, and they're like, Hey, and, and then Picard comes back and is like, Hey, Cisco, remember how you were so salty to me earlier? Well, fuck off. And Cisco's like, All right, and the end. I bet this will be a, our first in many, many adventures, yes, exactly. Oh, I didn't mention Doctor Bashir, who oh, wants yeah. to get in Dax's uh, pants. He wants to get into pouch. Mm-hmm. yeah, he wants to get into Dax's Ugh. pouch. Can you blame him? Root around in there. No, I can't though. She's um, hot. But he's also like this wild, w- w- wide-eyed, uh, you know, yeah. uh, frontier medicine. He wants to go. Uh, yeah, he thinks he's bring, fucking Doctor Quinn, medicine uh, woman over bring here. Bring civilization His... to this, this ancient civilization. So yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, like just right off the bat, multiple things being done right. Bashir storms in Big Johnny Federation, being all like, I'm wilderness frontier shit, and Kira's just like, yeah, hi, I live here. Get fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they start they start Bashir off just as right. cunty as you can get. Well, he, I, and I think it he doesn't works. seem like a cunt, he just seems dumb. Yeah, he's just naive. He's clueless. Like, yes, he's a dumb cunt, naive. but not just like a cunt cunt. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's he, he's naive, but he's very stubbornly naive. Mm. I think the show like he, it's like it's like he doesn't want to be better. It, it's it it this show just wanted to take that that you know the, the classic Roddenberry everyone gets along trope and just they wanted to let you know right out of the yeah. gate that's not what this is because like at the for the first half of the ep- half of the episode literally nobody likes each other everybody is kind of like. O'Brien seems O'Brien likes everybody. Except for the Cardis. The way the writers put it is that the Starfleet people are pretty much okay with each other. Mm. Uh, but it's that, you know, the, you add in all these the uh, these external fo- forces, you know, the Bajoran and the Cardassian and whatever the fuck Odo is and the Ferengi and all these things. And you just stir them in a pot until they're all heated at each other. Until they're soft and translucent. Yeah, because, you know, Gene and Roddenberry... players get to know each other. Gene's gone at this point, so they yeah. can just do whatever they, fa- they yeah. want. They can get out of the box. They can have a character hit on a woman and get threatened with a handbrake, which is also great. Mm. Yeah, they can have these long story arcs, because this is... If you, you you can't not come back to whatever the fuck these orbs are after this, because yeah. what the fuck are these orbs? I mean, and, and yeah, and like, already, just the characters... I already feel like I have a really good sense for who Major Kira is. Mm. You know, I'm I'm getting a sense of who Odo is, and and uh, Quark. Quark is Quark, great. Quark, Quark wears, yeah. you know, is is you know, it's it's such in contrast. Where's his to... sleeves? His sleeves on his sleeve. There you go. <laughs> like there are definitely some things that are gonna evolve from here, but they're like these characters were very well developed to begin with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pillar, yeah. P- Pillar really put really a lot of work into these characters, yeah. and, and it shows. And the casting. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that was that's another thing that really stands out to me about this show compared to Farpoint, which is like the acting in Farpoint is, uh, you know, mm, like right. you got a, you got a few standouts, but then like Q, Q is the standout. Um, but for the most part, the cast was like the actors just were not quite there. But this one, right out of the gate, they're all really good actors. Like they're not, they don't. They're all carrying their scenes. Yeah. One thing I'll say, because I know um, Terry Farrell was the last one cast. 
Mm. And, you know, they'd already been filming. So she came and joined them on, like, their 11th day of filming. Oh, wow. Sorry, who is that? that? Uh, Dad's Dad. Dad. Oh, okay. And she was really young. I think this was one of, one of, if not her first big gig. And she walks in and she has to say all the fucking techno, techno babble. babble. And everyone's already friends. And she walks in and, you know, she doesn't, doesn't know anyone yet, really. And she felt so intimidated. And she felt so, like, it was, it was so rough doing all the techno babble scenes that she all, she basically, like, hoped that she had been fired on that first day. Oh, And, it's you know, some, first day. some of it is a little bit rough, like, watching her and, and, um, Avery Brooks, yeah. uh, Cisco, in the runabout, their scene. Lats. That was a little. Yeah, I think it makes it, that actually makes sense because I do think that her her scenes in general did feel like of of all of them mm. perhaps the least developed developed. Yeah. And I like, like that we saw that her sass her her trademark sass is already there. But like yeah, her the fact that her and Cisco are supposed to be old friends, mm-hmm. you know, from from her past life as Curzon, it's not really. I wasn't buying it. Although you could also write that off as it's, I, it's the impression I'm under is it's his, yeah his first time meeting Gen this Z, incarnation. Yeah. Well, and also that's... maybe she, he only ever knew her as what was his name? Curzon. Yeah, I yeah. think he did. Yeah. Like yeah. even Absolutely. even knowing that Trill do this thing. Yeah, it it's another be, thing. It actually, be, it would be weird to just suddenly make that change. Yeah, I, I mean Bev has this has a very same change. I mean with hers it's different because she was having a sexual relationship. Yeah. But yeah, mm. it's a, it's a oh you're this thing now. Fucking great. Mm. Yeah, she could have made it work. She was being a bitch. Well, what is it? She, that is a bird. a bird outside tweeting. Is that a real bird? It's Sorry, bird. everyone. It's like, let's There's have an sex. asshole bird outside. It's an asshole bird. A space boost. asshole bird? Yeah, um, but I read that um, I read mm. that Terry Farrell actually took um, Avery Brooks aside and said, I am struggling in this scene. Um, I felt like he was calling her old man, and it felt like it felt like she was supposed to be the wizened character. And she's mm-hmm. like, I can't do that against your presence because you're a bigger character than than I am, and and I'm less uh, less experienced than you. So can we work this out? And they worked it out. And I actually liked his deliverance yeah. of, uh, of you know man. calling her an old man. I, I think what but you why? said you liked his deliverance. Oh, okay. Deliverance. I was like, why are we saying? <laughs> why are so you I did the deliverance. Coming the creepy, oh. rapey banjo sting. Why is that happening? Um, Worst bird. Yeah, that is a bad Dick bird. bird. But yeah, Dick I mean, bird. but yeah, she. I think, and again, especially having to do techno about, but I, I mean, she's on her feet very quickly, though. Yeah, it's interesting to see how she's how she was already playing with how to portray in a character older than than her appearance. Yeah. Like, she was, she was, the way she was carrying herself, the way she was trying to express herself, like, she was trying to, like, really exude that sort of confidence, that self-assurance. Mm. Even if she wasn't feeling it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also decided that the trill have spots now. Yes. Mm-hmm. This trill look completely, the design completely. Oh, changed. yeah. Well, they, they took the makeup from some other alien, right? Yeah, there's yeah. actually, there's footage, because I think they did the first bit with uh with terry farrell in the prosthetic head that the trail originally had and they just they didn't like it or something or mm. they said she was too pretty to be covered up or something like that and mm. they decided spots well great yeah. off to a good start then ah <laughs> uh, rick berman yep berman i mean it's one of these things where it's like you know I mean, in the end it was probably better for the show because it was probably quicker to just draw the spots on every week instead of the prosthesis. And yeah. probably less expensive. So it's like, show yeah. your work. Well, your work was wrong. But at least you wound up at the right <laughs> conclusion. The right I do I do like that off the bat, too. That the for the most part, the, like the women characters that you meet, like the female, at least the female presenting characters in Jadzia's case, uh, although Jadzia herself is a woman, um, are 
like they they're already miles ahead of TNG where like they just all do girl talk and they have feelings and they have mm. whether it's like you know Bev with Picard or Troy with, with sensing cake. bullshit oh, yes. and the chocolate yeah and all <laughs> or, of that shit or Bev and Troy and goofy yeah. workout clothes and like Kira comes in and is right off the bat she's like she's, I just want to murder things yeah, and mostly Cardassians at a, she's yelling at a screen the first time we see her yeah Jadzia just comes in all cool and confident just you know being awesome yeah even I, um Kai Opaka. yeah I, no, I kind of wonder too if like you know I mean I don't know if this is why they cast me but like I suppose part of what helps for Terry Farrell with kind of coming off as a little more mature is just the fact that she is so so tall she um, is quite tall. So How tall is she? Six foot. Just looked it up. Is she really? Wow. So, uh, you know, I suppose that helps her literally uh, stand out. Hey. Yeah, I, I idolized her as a teenager. Yeah, she was, she was my... I had, Fuck, I, I idolize her now. She's hot. Yeah, she, well, she's very pretty. And very tall. Uh, awesome. Here's a question. Like, how clear would it be to people who didn't know, who didn't see like the one episode of TNG that featured the trill? How that? How clear is it what the fuck was happening in her flashback when Curzon is dying and she gets the symbiote? Possibly We've all not, seen it. I feel like okay. possibly not. The information great. that is presented, right? She's introduced, and it's very clear that there's something new and different about her, and that's it's definitely her body because this goes like. Mm-hmm. Um, and bantering. No, like, and then, you're 28, more like 328. Yeah, yeah, so there's that. And then the flashback. I feel like it's very clear that there's a transfer going on of some kind. Yeah. And and that when she opens her eyes again as Dax, actually, I, I really like that was a pretty good switch I thought that she did. If you if you know what's going on. Yeah, but I think yeah, you get I mean, it. I, 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 think, th- I think enough is there to, to get you to if, get you started. Because I also don't think, do they even say Trill in the show? Not yet. Yes. Oh, did they? She said he knows I'm a trill. Oh, oh. yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, then, that. and, that, and that's his kink. Mm. But I also still think... <laughs> Everything that... is fucking Bashir's kink, yeah. though. It's true. Okay, I'm a Garrick, yeah. I don't know. I think, mm-hmm. um, honestly, because there's a huge makeup change, I don't mm. think it's... I don't think even if you were watching the show and if you didn't already know... Would you be more confused if you watched The Host? I mean, you might. Because the other thing, too, and it's not really clear in this show. I mean, remember in, in, in the TNG show, they yeah. had... Um, the symbiote literally took over yeah, and, and, like over- and replaced you, right? the com- the complete personality. Yeah. Whereas, I don't know if it was entirely clear from this show, but it's not. it is more clear in the future that each host is more of a blending with the with the symbiote. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, pers- so, like, and, you know, as different hosts, as the symbiote goes into different hosts, it gradually... Assimilates it's, more. It's closer to what they do in in uh, Stargate, except that mm. in Stargate they they well, can still both talk as individuals. To yeah, that's like the Tokra have like it's like Doctor Who. <laughs> Whereas, well, no, so like the the Gold in Stargate are like the TNG, where the symbiote literally yeah. takes over and overwrites the mm. the underlying personality. Whereas mm. the DS Nine's trailer, like the Tokra, where this where they share personalities basically but it's still it's it's a different it's its own thing still yeah but still very cool mm-hmm. um and and i if dax wasn't the strongest in this this particular episode now i understand but it's also something where where she she gets better mm-hmm. much very quickly yeah and like in season one there's there's i'm i know that there's a there's at least one episode in particular i'm thinking of that like really develops her mm. 
and the and the whole trail situation. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Yay! What do you guys think of the makeup so far? Odo is weird. Yeah. It's yeah. also because I know later he's gonna look. More, he'll, be smoother. he'll be smoother and a yeah. little orangier. Mm. Yeah, that's true too. So right now it's just like, what the fuck? Who did you a makeup man? Uh, um, what other makeup? Uh, I know Goldicott. Oh, Goldicott's hot no matter what. I feel like his his face is rougher than than I yeah, remember. Yeah, it gets it gets everyone gets it smoother. Gets pretty rough. Yeah, I also thought it looked a little rough, but yeah. that's kind of why when he walked on, I was like, oh, I don't know. No, I love. <laughs> I'm waiting for Ames's Ames's uh crush to show up and there he is with all of his neck swaggeriest man yeah no the neck is wild i don't know about apparently that's what the makeup team called him he was the neck because he's got (laughs) such a long neck and that let them put all of those ridges on the side yeah yeah originally they had a different different actor cast as ducat and it just wasn't working they didn't say why or who or anything and then they're just like this isn't working just call up mark alamo he'll do it (laughs) he's great at this kind of thing yeah we liked him in in that poker game in times (laughs) arrow or whatever yes yeah, well, he also but who played... who was he in that? He, he was, was just one of the, play, he was poker the poker players. Player. Yeah. The one that... that... Data won a jacket or a hat off of or something. One that seems kind of like... Oh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought we were Wild talking Bill about... Wild Bill Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about um, something different. I was thinking of when... Uh, Data plays poker with... Uh, yeah, Newton. Einstein and oh, shit. Oh, that's, that's what I thought we were talking about. Nope. We also get... You know, we've seen it already because we finished TNG first, but the improved Bajoran knows... Mm. Yeah, without, oh, yeah, without the little Less wings. Less stuff. I know that um, Quark was wearing the wrong nose uh, was this he? episode mm. because his wasn't ready yet, so he had to wear Rom's. Ha! Oh no! That's and why Rom, we barely saw and, Rom, and Rom there. just wore his human nose. And I, in fact, I'm not sure, even sure if that is Rom because I know in the credits that he's credited as a different character. Oh, is he? Not a different character. He's just really credited as like Ferengi in the background or something like that like some Ferengi I wonder if they had decided whether or not that that was going to be wrong yet maybe not I mean Mm -hmm. like they introduce Nog um, yeah, but they don't specifically, and he—I don't think they use the name Rom. He just says, "Oh, this is my brother's kid." Yeah, oh yeah, that's right, that's Um, right. So they introduce Nog. Yeah, and like the guy that hands him the bag that later turns out to be Odo is just some random (laughs) Ferengi. I mean, there was—I mean, we do see. Rom in the background. In the background, but yeah, he's, that's what he's I mean, like, just another background Ferengi. Like that's definitely something that had this been a later episode, Rom would have been the one handing him the bag. Yeah, like I don't know about this, brother. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. Uh, this is, I don't know. If this is a good plan. Um, you know who's already great looking in the makeup though is Morn. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. Morn looks awesome. I and mean, that's just the actor. That's no. just how he looks. So you know what I found out. But uh, before we recorded this, so th- I'm dating us right now, uh, listeners. But Don't date us. today is the day that the New York Comic Con, the New York Comic Con dropped tr- new trailers for Picard and Discovery season three. And there's a scene when I didn't notice this, but there's a bunch of people running, shooting little hand phasers in Discovery season three trailer, and one of them is a Morn. Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. Neither oh. did I, but I will show you is, the still later. Is Morn the species? No. No, I do not know his species. Oh, no. okay. oh, oh it's, it's, I, I saw it written. Look. It's like a Lupian or something like that. Oh. I think, I think they, they did mention something called a Lurian. I assume that must be. Something, yeah, something like that. Uh, mm. yes, Can many loops, brother? Yeah. Uh, no, I read that, yeah. you know, originally he had a line in the script and they cut it. And then just, and then, you know, they decided from there, like, oh yeah, maybe he never talks. Because in many, many scripts in the future, and this is, you know, minor spoiler for Caitlin, who hasn't seen this yet. 
he's had many, many lines in in the in the course of the whole show, and every single time he has a line, it gets cut. Mm. Really? Yeah. It's great. That sucks. It's is hilarious. It, is I love it, it always the same guy yeah. in the suit? Pretty oh, that's sure. amazing. Yeah, purportedly, um, David Carson, who was the director of this, who later went on to, to direct uh, Generations, oh, hmm. uh, saw all the alien extras line up as they were getting, doing the bar scene and all this stuff, and he spots the Morn character, and he's like, that one. That's the one I want at the end of the bar telling a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, in the, and I don't think he's probably not been given a name in no he has no. Not a name. no not yet. he does eventually become the character mourn yeah which is a play on norm yep from uh, cheers from which cheers. you called immediately yeah when i said his name was more you went like, oh i Morn. knew it i knew it oh you guys had told you had i had this had been mentioned to me oh, okay. at some point so no i'm not yeah um man if only there was an episode where uh him and mr home have a conversation <laughs> uh-huh. Home has spoken. Of I think it. there might be though. I think. That, I think. I mean. I know there's an episode with Mr. Home. Mm. So are we um, gonna see Majel? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Looking at her, she's great. You're gonna be shocked at who she tries to seduce. Everyone. I'm sure I won't. Jedzia. No, you'll see. You know, I know she shows up, but I'm not sure if I've ever seen her episode. It's pretty good. So, there's more than, there's more than one. Good, oh, there are. There's, there, oh, yeah. oh, I thought there was only the one. Great. At some point, she they started to write her well, so I'm That's excited true. to. I'm, ha- I'm happy to have her back. There's one that I can think of that you know, she's written really well. Yeah, but of course, the big sort of main kind of the big whoa, what the fuck here the Cisco. wormhole oh. and its denizens mm. and yes, how they interact with Cisco and sort of psychologize him. Yeah, we start off with Cisco kind of at this very low point. He's mm-hmm. a very broken man. You know, yep. he's dwelling on his wife's death two, three years ago. Three years. He's five hundred years ago. Real antagonistic toward Picard. Which is a super pissed. An interesting Picard. way to to start the spin-off series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, 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 be really mean to our really popular character. <laughs> Can do. Mm. Yeah. The wormhole aliens. Those are some fucked up guys, huh? <laughs> Non-corporeal. Exist outside of time. Yeah. Um, They're very cute. They kind of... Yeah. I, I, found, was... I found this episode so, so similar to Encounter at Farpoint. Mm-hmm. In that it's, it's, a, it's another species looking at humans and being like, so what do you things do exactly? Why should I not destroy you? Yeah, but, yeah. but then again... What like, is this? I think it's... I mean, they're different from Q because yeah. Q is all-knowing. And he's These just, things don't know much. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Q, I feel like... Mm-hmm. Q doesn't... You know, like, Q understands how humans perceive and think about things and likes fucking with them. <laughs> like, there's an, a more... There's a relatable quality to the Q for all they talk about how you can't understand us. It's like, maybe we can't, but you present in a way that we can get. These guys are completely like... And they don't even think at first of corporeal beings as being life forms. Whereas, you know, the Q, you're a lower life form, but you're a life form. I feel like Q, when Q interrogates humanity through Picard, he knows the answers a lot of the time already. He's just, he's just, he's leading, he's leading the, the interrogation through his questioning. Yeah. With the wormhole beings, they, it's like they just notice the ants crawling at their feet. And yeah. Like, what, what is this? Are these alive? And they're poking it with a stick. Mm. Yeah. Should I stomp on it? Maybe I shouldn't stomp on it. What is this baseball of which you speak? It was a surprisingly, like, I wasn't expect, I because, I, you know, I roll my eyes, you know, a little bit at, at the, the 20th century things that get pulled up in Star Trek, but it was a surprisingly effective philosophical tool. Yeah. And Thank it, God he didn't like cricket. 
Mm. <laughs> it does come up a bunch, the baseball thing. And, like, yeah. it also comes up how, like, baseball is not something that a lot of people know like, about or are oh. aware of. Yeah. Although it's, it's definitely... It does come off as maybe a little less niche than the last time we heard about baseball. When, um... What's his face was... Yeah, Stubbs there was like recounting games, games in, his, in his, mind. his head. Yeah, yeah, like that. It was like no one knew what it was at all. Like they didn't have a concept of baseball. I feel like nowadays, like oh yeah, baseball. People go like oh yeah, that old Earth game. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it's it's a little less obscure than it was initially presented, but yeah, it's still very much a niche thing. Mm. But you could totally imagine there's probably back on Earth. There's like it's like the Ren Fair. You go to the baseball. Ah, yeah. It's a bunch of people. They wear old tiny uniforms. Like what's this it's called? A hot dog. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, but it's all part of the experience. Mm. I feel like even the costumes, like the, the uniforms are, they're like mid-20th century. Yeah, they're outdated least. even yeah. by our standards. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it's kind of a fit. I feel like the Ren Faire comparison is apt. Like, it's definitely, right. they're cosplay. Right, and we know what a joust is, like, yeah. you know, yeah. to bring that analogy around. But we wouldn't go, you know, outside of a Ren Faire, we wouldn't go see a yeah. joust. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, it's interesting because it, you're right. It, it's I wonder how intentional that was. The idea of sort of contrasting. Oh, it was very, very intentional. Oh, mm-hmm. Hiller yeah. and Berman had basically so. said like they drew very, very much from the Encounter at PowerPoint episode. Yeah, it was very in, similar. That even how they introduced people, they took directly from Encounter at PowerPoint. Oh, instead of let's introduce everyone all at once, mm-hmm. like let's hold back and have Jadzia and Bashir come the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was back when Bashir was still named Amaros and was supposed to be Hispanic. Yeah, <laughs> God well, damn it. Yeah. You could have had a Hispanic character. <laughs> nope. Well, I actually think it's good that they, you know, that they do, you know, so they introduce him. You get Torres eventually. I, his, his, uh, I guess he's supposed to be, like, Middle Eastern. I mean, the actor yeah. is. Yeah. And I guess Bashir is, yeah. is a Middle Eastern name. Like, it is. It is. They're, they're definitely, uh, or they might be South Asian. I'm trying to remember when his parents show up or get Well, mentioned. that's the thing. That's the thing. I remember his dad, at least, being, like, using, having, like, an Indian yeah, Indian, they might Indian they actors. might be like they might be from, like like some you know they might be uh, from a desi culture. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But it could also be the whole melting pot effect of Earth. Right? Yeah. Like oh, he's he's also got a British accent. So, yeah. yeah. But but well, that's he, not think, unusual. I think if they learned English from English. People. I think, but I think I think Bashir Bashir is supposed to be like British, but just of South Asian descent mm. or Middle Eastern descent. But let's think of it this way: mm. you didn't get him this time. But if we had, you would have had an Hispanic character mm. for whom a major character point is that he's like a hornball. That's true. That would be problematic as fuck. So in a way, it's like, you know what? Good. Dodge I mean, the bullet. We, 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 could have put a, we could have had another Hispanic somewhere. There are a lot of yes, people. Yes, could have. We finally get wrong. another Hispanic character, though. Well, Culver her, eventually her, shows her, up, her, thank God. Uh, her, her major quality mm. is that she's quick to anger. Well, that's her Klingon yeah. half. yeah. Actually, it is. It, yeah, I know. Um, but her, but her, yeah, her, her human family is also shitty. So fuck that. That's true. The full, the first fully Hispanic character to last more than two episodes in the series is Hugh Culver, and wasn't even revealed until season two. Like confirmed that he's Hispanic. And once yeah. that happened, I was like, wait a second. We we will of course get Robert Beltran, but not playing in Hispanic. No, well, he's, he's playing, playing bullshit. In, yeah. um, no, fake real. Native American. Yeah. Sorry, what was his name? Not Bashir. It was Amaros. 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 Is that who plays Chicote? Yeah. Well, but you'll get to that eventually. Yeah. Wait, eventually. I thought Chicote was. Is that this show? No, it's no, Voyager. No. Oh, okay, I didn't think so. I was like, wait a minute. Nope. No, yeah, we've gone way off. We've, we've gone into a Hispanic tangent. So I, I. Why do you say N Hispanic? Isn't that grammatically correct? If you say N historic. Then I guess. Yeah, but but only Brits say that. 
This is Chris. Yeah, but it's crazy. We're going to have ourselves an historic. His, and well, Hispanic. yeah, it would be it's a Hispanic. What, do it's, you say unhouse? No, it's an house. But it's, it is an historic event. Isn't it? No. It's not an American. I thought it, it was. It is uh, accepted, it. but not primarily used, especially not in America. No one's ever said this English. to me before. Well, that's a bunch of toss! <laughs> I've been meaning to for a long time, because whenever you say an it's historic, it's Chris. like, oh, Chris is being British again. Oi, governor. I think there are also older generations of Americans also say that. Oh, maybe. Like, but but they don't they don't usually say an historic. It's an historic. Like, yeah, because you have to just kind of drop the H. Which is why the N is there. An historic event. Well, yeah, because isn't N supposed to just go with anything that's like a vowel? A vowel. Yeah. In this case, it's a silent H sort of We're treatment. Going so to... it's an elephant. Yes. But it's an, an historic an, an, elephant. An umbrella. An historic umbrella. An umbrella. No, I don't like that. I, I think know. Chris Ella, is having an existential Ella, crisis. A, a, I think he's a. just googling. No, yeah. Chris is gonna gonna move to to England now, so he can be with his people. Yeah, so <laughs> Sorry, did I just you. blow your mind? Uh, a, a little bit. Not gonna lie. <laughs> no one's ever said anything to me. I've said. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard <laughs> "and historic" around, and just thought it was a British thing. This is most of these things. What happened to the but and Hispanic? I've never heard elsewhere. before. Wait, oh. can we talk about the space station though? Yeah. So sure. like it's it is Cardassian design. I like yep. I like oh, the, yeah, the yeah. way it's made to look very yeah. Cardassian. Yeah, and I love that it's alien. Just, yeah, no, it is very distinctly not Federation tech. Yeah. You so, know what's really cool is that the sets have ceilings, so they had to come up with like really, really like interesting ways to light things because yeah. you can't just light things from the ceilings anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah. Because you can, and, and they, the, the, the director and their, their director of photography and whoever else, they're super, super proud of the scene where you first see ops because they're like, we panned that camera all over the place and you can't tell where we're lighting it from and mm. ha ha. Nice. Very nice. Oh, good job, guys. So what I'm poking at your little model oh, here. Fine. I just took a picture. It'll be on the Facebook. The yeah, thing I like about it is we're missing, we're missing the pylons. I like and, I, and ops. I like the the docking pylons. Oh, that's pylons. where ops is. Because what I like about it is when when a I think I think it was through some Reddit thread or something when I realized like when someone was talking about how they're they curve in rather than out. Even though if you curve it out, that would actually make room for a lot more ships to dock. Yeah, but it's, it's true. But it's more defensive because this is a Cardassian design. It's more defensible to have them curl in. Oh, that's true. Because once you saw that force field go up, yeah, yeah, yeah. The shields oh, went up, point. and it was everything was contained. How can you tell what's right side up and upside down on this thing? Oh, this. They've got the little like kind of warp core looking thing. thing come out of the bottom. Okay. Which I presume is their main generator, and that's down. Could ships also dock on the bottom? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're pylons, docking. They're yeah. Would the up. ships have to be upside down? Mm, I don't know. That's space. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, well, they, they, yeah, they Once they walk inside, which way is planes. the gravity? I think... You do a flip. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I assume the gravity, the, the no matter where you are, the gravity is always pull, pulling this way. Yeah, but especially because know. initially this, you know, I mean, they've moved now so they're next to the wormhole, but this is initially orbiting a planet. Mm-hmm. And I think just for the sake of everyone's collective sanity, they would just choose a relative down for the whole station yeah. and not have it flip halfway. That would oh, be man. weird. That would be really, really weird. Of the, uh, well, the opening credits, mm-hmm. the opening sequence when you get to see the whole ship, yeah. the whole the whole station, and you, you see like Bajor in the background. Watch the opening credit sequence next week when you watch the next episode. Mm. I will do that. Do that. Wait, but does it change every week? Not every no, week. Just, no, just but, just just the but it's no longer this this should be no, no longer next to Bajor at the end yeah, of the episode. Yeah, it does episode. change throughout oh, the series. Cool. Yeah, it eventually gets a little not busier. Every week. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's not just you can't, they, we see the Enterprise docked, which actually gives a really good, yeah. interesting sense of scale. Yeah. yeah. I wonder though, 
Because one thing I seem to remember is that the scale is not always consistent. That's with, not a surprise. With how big various ships are when they're docked. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, you know that's true. I think because um, sometimes you also see a little a little person outside working on the station. Mm. Doing backflips. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a it very... the same it's thing? A, same guy. To say, it's oh, a, really? <laughs> it's no, a big station. Uh, we also, again, I mentioned during the talk that we get these runabouts. Yep. What's the difference between a runabout and a shuttle? So a runabout is a sh- is a spaceship. It's like a, it's like a yacht. It's not. A, I mean, it's 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 an actual ship with a registry number. With no, a that's warp true. Core? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a warp capable so ship. It's the difference between a moped and a motorcycle. Yeah. It's, it has small quarters. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Exactly. It can be used for long range travel, okay, whereas cool. a shuttle is small. For shuttling. Yeah, and it's usually attached to a we, mothership. We saw one again in, in the episode where the Enterprise freezes and the Smiley. Yeah, they they're traveling via runabout, right, so it's right. it's bigger yeah, than it's a shuttle. A fruit. Yes, it's bigger than a shuttle, but still probably you know smaller than, than even a, a small box. starship. And yeah, like Jake said, they all have a unique um, registry number and, and a name. Yeah, all of Deep Space well, Nine's the are have names yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. But I think the thing with the Deep Space Nine runabouts is they're all named after Earth rivers. Yeah, we get, we saw the Rio Grande well, and the cool. Yangtze, and I think I can't remember what the other one is. Yeah. We'll see, but there's a third. Yeah, that doesn't make them any less disposable. They will explode <laughs> at the top of the hat. Oh no! Yeah, I'm shocked. We got. I'm shocked they all survived this episode. No, well, you know. Well, apparently, that ticket booth, so. apparently, a runabout can tow a full-sized Cardassian warship, which yeah. is somewhat strange credulity, well, well, but it's not. Maybe space. they rerouted all power to river. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yep, yep. Yeah, the orb no. was keeping him alive. Man, it's like, like hey, orb. hey guys, how did you enjoy shore leave? Did you miss techno babble? Here's half a season's worth in one episode. Well, I gotta say, speaking of half a season's worth in one episode, I do, I mean, I I don't know how you'd make it shorter, but I think that the wormhole alien stuff might have uh, yeah, tried tried my patience. I started off, like, fucking loving the device, because the device yeah. is really, really cool to, like, see the, the alien speaking through the me- the figures from his memories, and that's really cool. And then, mm. depending and then, on then a half an hour is. later, I'm like, wow, this is still happening. <laughs> and they're still yeah. not understanding it. They maybe should have interspersed it with events outside the wormhole a little more. They should have done that more, mm. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, by the end... even longer. Well, no, what I mean is, like, keep all the same amount of events, just start... Split they, it up. By then. the end, they're overlapping a lot, mm-hmm. but at first, they don't overlap as much, and, like, maybe they should have started having the overlap happen a little sooner, yeah. Yeah. and it would have been a little less, like... Yeah. I kind of I wonder if this episode had enough content for a feature-length episode. Well, that's I, what I was just thinking. It's like, if they had... I don't know, 80 minutes worth of show, and they were like, well, we need to sneak in another 20 time to... It was 80 minutes, though. Oh, I thought... because oh, yeah, No, it was not... Break. It was... It was 80 minutes long. It was like 90 minutes. Yeah, it was no. like... Because, yeah, because, we because when four, we stopped for the bathroom... Yeah, it was 45... We were, it was 45 and a half or something. It was 40 and... It was 45... It was 45... We had watched 45, 40, and there was 45, 20 left That's my remembering, too. I think it was 45. Either way, it was, between, it. it was between 85 and 90 I'm minutes gonna, long. I bet it, it was 91 minutes. Less. Way less. I, I, but I, I, say I remember the same 45-ish minutes. But that, either way, well then, let's pretend that I that said 70 minutes and they needed to squeak out another 10 minutes. Yeah, even so, do I do think, I do think they, they, they padded They padded, yeah, exactly. That's all I was there trying was to get at. I wasn't actually aiming for actual numbers. There may have been a little, but... 
I've definitely seen much more egregious padding from Star Trek before. The thing is, like, I, like padding, oh, yeah, padding is one thing, but this was where, where the sequence was just so long. Even though we're learning new things with the teaching the aliens what time is, teaching the aliens what the past is, teaching the aliens what death is. It's like, once they figure out one, the rest should go much faster than this. Yeah. Like, really, I think they could have gone yeah. straight to... Like, it was really the, the moment when they're like, oh, you live in this moment, which is the moment yeah. where... Linear um, time. Linear time? Let's well, wrap your brain around linear. that, aliens. Come yeah. on. And then, like, oh, this is not linear. You cannot get past <laughs> well, your wife's death. The that's, other problem, of course, that that's he's... your problem. He's teaching them via linear time. God's what order they're learning it in. Mm. Mm. Well... Also, it is 90 minutes. Okay, okay. Oh, shit. I stand corrected. But, um... I think there were definitely times where where I expected them to cut with like where where you know they would say something like you know some other basic concept what is this and then he goes and then like sometimes you know that would happen and they'd cut away See, and there were other times where we're like let's cut away again because like we don't need to hear him explain just we can come when, back and assume that when he's a explained. mommy and a daddy really like <clears throat> each other wormhole aliens oh my mm. god why am I teaching you this was, mm. I forget which one he responded to with uh, I was afraid you're gonna ask that but it was I think it was the Jake. Yeah, yeah, but I don't remember which question he asked. Oh, uh, baseball. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it was baseball. What is this? But I, I do like how... Baseball, what the fuck? Like, depending on... Like, a lot of times they were they were using specific people for questioning. So, mm. like... Or for, for certain tones. So, like, Picard, you know, is used a lot toward the beginning because they're really just sort of challenging. Yeah, they're confrontational. Yeah. And then they would cut to, like, you know, the Saratoga Bridge when it was just, like, outright angry and hostile mm-hmm. cut to the baseball field for when they're like obviously looking at like at you know adversarial combative and then jake was all the like really basic like like innocent questions yeah too. yeah and then because i noticed, they started I noticed to, like, the jennifer was asking a lot of like what the like innocent like huh questions yeah. too but she hers weren't as like they were more on the emotional yeah. Almost. yeah and then they would start bringing into bringing the other scenes to sort of instead of speak through the the character speak through the experiences so they would cut to Jennifer's death yeah. for to like you know look at like that emotional state for Cisco, and they would cut to you know the, the bridge of Saratoga again for that emotional state, and cut to the picnic and all that stuff. And I felt like that was really neat the way they were doing that. It was kind of it was pretty subtle in some ways. Mm. So if the wormhole aliens don't experience linear time, what like? What? Are they like the Tralfamagorians? From from Slaughterhouse Five? Yeah. yeah. No. Mm. <laughs> I was gonna say I see that was like, Are they like Doctor uh, Manhattan? Yeah. That's kinda of, yeah, yeah, I wonder if it's more like Doctor Manhattan. Well, Doctor Manhattan's kinda of Tralfamagorian too. I, I yeah. I've never read Slaughterhouse Five, so, uh, so it's like Doctor Manhattan only with more beatnikness. Yeah. Cool. They're they're aliens that are plungers with legs or something. Anyway. And they don't experience time really. Mm. Um yeah, and they, they well they experience all of time all at once. All at once. Okay, yeah, so Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I was reminded of a little bit in the trying to describe things to the to the aliens that don't understand time is the concept of the of the flatland, which we've brought up before a bunch mm. of times. How did how would you describe like three dimensions to a two dimensional being or mm. one dimension to a two dimensional being? Like, no matter what, like, they cannot picture what the fuck your life is. Yeah. The wormhole aliens, I you know, they're very enigmatic. Mm-hmm. I think they stay that way, too, which I kind of like. Sounds yeah, nice. which is good. That's the best way to do it. Don't, okay. does, don't unenigmatic them. Does Cisco remain this enigmatic? Because I found him so aloof, and I can't tell if it's just Avery Brooks' yeah, performance. Yeah, I think a lot of that is Brooks's performance. He's got a very distinctive acting style mm. that 
it persists. He reminded me so much, just just as we just we just got through our Firefly. He reminded me a lot of uh, Jubal Early from yeah. Objects in Space, and just it's just like you're a weird dude, man. Why are you this weird? Yeah. I also Why? was like, I've, there were there were some moments where I'm watching, I'm like, this this is almost like a like a new generation Shatner. <laughs> Yeah. I actually have yeah, that he's too. Got, he's there, got there's a, a very, I think what it is, there's very much like a theatrical quality to what very, he's doing. Yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, when, when you're on camera, normally you pull a lot of that back because, mm. you know, when you're doing theater, you need like mm-hmm. to impress what you're doing to a room full of people. They can't yeah. see subtle eye twitches and stuff like you can on right. TV. Whereas with, on the camera, you have to contain it all in the shot. Yeah. And it's right in your face. Yeah. Especially all oh, that really, really long shot just of his face. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, which was awful. Yeah, so no, much he's, face. So he's bad. A, he's a presence. Yeah. But then, like, I think... Well, yeah, I get, the thing is, I guess so far, that's what all the Arla captains have been presences in various ways. Shatner is Shatner. <laughs> Stewart has that Shakespearean ability where yeah. he can be a presence when he's being quiet or he's being loud. Avery Brooks is just... There and you are going to see him. Yeah, I think of like Avery Brooks. His performances are, I want to say, syncopated. Hmm. To, That's to, not a bad to way borrow to a, a yeah. musical term, you yeah. know, it's like every it's it's it. He reads almost like beat poetry when yeah. he delivers. That's a good way to put um, it. You know, because he'll like he'll he'll be saying they're stuck still, and then suddenly just a burst of yeah, and like and he'll Ow! and he'll put and, and he'll put emphasis <laughs> on words in ways that you don't expect. You know, yeah, yeah. that was more Shatner. That was a little Shatner, but he, but I, I don't know. I think there's a Shatner esque quality to his performance in yeah, a way. I would agree with that. Um, and it's it's very interesting. And there's there's times that we'll get to in 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 episodes where it's like, okay, this is bordering on this is bordering or has crossed the border into like campy acting. Mm. Um, but he's still selling it, so I'm still buying it. <laughs> yeah, like because because it's not even you know I I'm getting the aloofness, but I don't when I think of Cisco even in this episode, I'm not thinking of him as aloof because I'm thinking of the moments where when he's anytime he's dadding, mm. like when he the way he is with Jake. Is so tender and natural looking. Yeah. A lot of times, the way he'll like reach out and like pet his head, give him a kiss, like the hugs, all of that. That's suddenly like he's not just like going from zero to ow. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> he's just being, you know, he's interacting like a normal human being and a very tender father. With, yeah. Which is also nice to see, and not just like, you know, I know this was that was pretty groundbreaking, and he still held up as an example as a as a as a minority representation, especially as a black man. But just as a captain, you don't really see that with like this is this is a kind of he's those, a commander right now. That's true, well, yeah. but he's, you don't you don't, you don't get to see that kind of yeah. He's the um, boss. You don't get to see like you know Shatner is a you know the whole like a running thing with Shatner uh, with with Kirk was that he is like it's he's married to the ship yeah he's alone and and with Picard like he's his interpersonal relationships like they're tender but they're very sterile he doesn't. Do he doesn't do the contact thing very much? Yeah, and he didn't Cisco's have to. Very hands on. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, that's this show got a lot of I think uh, praise at the time for for the depiction of a uh, uh, Cisco as a black, not just a black Starfleet commander, but also as a father and like the, yeah, and the, a single father, a too. single father yeah. 
they sort of that pot like that wasn't something you saw on TV. There was a moment when when Miles and, and when when uh, Cisco's talking to Miles about you know he's a single dad with his son and Miles is just, just they're like oh my god I could just run away with Molly and do that. <laughs> yeah, we don't see Keiko, but she's referenced. So mm-hmm. so here's the thing: coming back and rewatching TNG, I I was like oh this is where Keiko gets all the hate. Yeah, yeah. she's written as a shrill like you know like the the ball and chain character. Yeah, no, she is which, Horribly, not, not like many of the uh, like the other women on yeah, DNJ. Yeah, they didn't know her right. But, women but like, I rather like Keiko. Like, I, I remember Keiko Folly, and it's because of DS Nine. I'm pretty sure. Well, so she's thing, actually I, written like a human. I when think. I see all those things about it, I was always like, I don't remember her being that bad. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, because yeah, like you, we watch. I watched DNJ. She's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. She's terrible in this. So she's <laughs> written by some dude who thinks that this is how wives are, are like are supposed to be depicted. Yeah, their whole relationship was just one fucking 1960s stand up. Take my wife, please, joke. Yeah, this is even... Take my like, wife, please. Like, Dang. relationships like those are like, this is, you know, where even I'm sitting there like, oh, this is what they mean when they say the straights are at it again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we haven't seen her in this show, but we'll, we'll see her soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, you mentioned Jake Sisko. I want to bring up also mm. the depiction of kids in Star Trek. Now, obviously, we yeah. had previously characters like Alexander, who was a, a white bitch. <laughs> Molly, Molly, a baby. Bitch. And, Wesley, and Wesley, who Ugh. was just fucking Wonderkind, you know, shithead. Yeah. Wonderkind ex machina. No, but now we got Jake Sisko, who no so far, yeah, no relation. Who so far seems like just a kid, just, just a kid, just, just yeah. so just, far. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, you know, it becomes an interesting point in a, of contrast. I think throughout the series, you know, we should keep it. Keep track of, of Jake and just of see how much we like or dislike Jake, or not just how much we like or dislike him, but the choices that they make for that character compared to the choice that they made for for Wesley. Wesley, yikes! Mm. Yeah, especially at you know when we get to points where it's like, oh, you know, you're gonna follow in your dad's footsteps and join Starfleet, and it's like, um, actually, what if I want to be a traveler? <laughs> yes, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think as a kid as a member of the main cast and a kid you can be nervous because we've had we've been burned mm. um mm. but I, I i don't remember being terribly put off no i remember like the moment how old is Nog supposed to be? Around Jake's age. Yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be of an age. What's interesting is though the actor. So like the actor playing Jake is obviously like actually like twelve years old or something, and the actor playing Nog was in his twenties. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Sadly, of course, this is not the first episode we've recorded since then, but it's the first Deep Space Nine one. Uh, sadly, passed away a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, the actor. I don't think I realized. Oh, that. you hadn't heard? Yeah. Oh. No. Um. Uh, Aaron. Aaron Eisenberg passed away. Yeah. Poor yeah. guy. Yeah, he'd, he'd had uh, health issues throughout his life. He was born with only one kidney. Yeah. Oh, he'd nice. had it replaced twice. Mm. So wow. as as of recording, I don't think they formally announced a cause of death, but it, probably something to do with his um, renal system, I would have yeah. to guess. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, you know, and it's actually kind of good because they, you know, those two characters in the show have a lot of scenes together. Yeah. It's probably good that that, that actor is... Older, because mm. I think it helps ground um, yeah, Sherlock Lofton's performance as a yeah. younger actor. Yeah, it probably helped. Yeah. And of I course, don't know. didn't help Wesley whenever he was with like da- with Data or or Jory. Well, that's because that was because the, I think the problem there was that you had these adult characters <laughs> having to share a screen time with a kid character, mm-hmm. and yeah. and you know it just ends up seeming like this this like precocious 
shit. Well, it also didn't help that in the first season it was adult characters sharing a scene with a kid character, but somehow the kid was smarter. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. 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 Whereas in this one, they're they, both even supposed the, to be they're kids. They're both supposed to be kids, so they can relate on that level. Yeah, so but, like Nod can set the rhythm of the scene. Yeah, exactly. He's a more experienced actor with, with more, um, I don't know, Skill. ability. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think the thing I'm most excited about for this series, as I, w- as I was doing my, my research and noting that Berman and Pillar... Like, we're very, very specific in putting this on a space station instead of on another ship, because mm. they've already got one of those kicking around. Or on, like, the planet, which they, they considered for a while and said, mm. no, no, let's be on a space station instead. Because unlike when you're on a ship, if you're on a ship and you have you know, an adventure of the week, then you just leave. Mm. Whilst on the space station, it means that you have problems that have lasting effects. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really fascinating. I'm really, really excited yeah. to see how, how they do some of this stuff. Well... We all know the real reason it's set on a space station is because they just stole the idea for Babylon 5. I know mm. nothing about Babylon 5, so... All I know is that, and if we didn't bring this up, someone who has literally never listened to this episode would somehow find out about it <laughs> and leave us a 20-page screed on our Facebook page. Allegedly, the guy that created Babylon 5, which is set on a space station... Not oh my god, it's the same show! Chris. Not not on a wormhole, but at some sort of strategically important part of space. Uh, supposedly he pitched the idea to Rick Paramount exactly. Star Trek. Mm. Not to Star Trek, but just to Paramount in general. And they were like, now we're gonna pass. And then after that, Star Trek announces this show set on a space station, and a lot of people conspiracy theorize that. The Paramount executives passed the idea along to Rick Berman mm. to make their own Star Trek version. Well, it's not unbelievable. It's not, but it's, it's also shitty. not unbelievable that parallel. Yeah. Well, stuff. I mean, consider that we, you know, in the last decade, had two different studios come up independently with mall cop movies. Yeah. Mm. I mean, well, actually, I was just <laughs> reading. Today, that apparently, the same weekend Joker opened, there's a smaller, like, indie film coming out about psychotic white guy radicalized by the internet. Interesting. And apparently, that is, you know, obviously that's not in... No. Um, It's not obviously, you know, the Joker doesn't have the internet angle because it's set in, like, the 80s or 90s. But apparently a lot... It's the same story! A lot of the major story beats are, like, identical. Mm. Uh, like they even said like if you didn't know these were being made concurrently you'd think one had ripped off the other mm-hmm. alright but is there but is there a giant blue tardigrade that can power that can power a spore drive I mean supposedly in that independent game that no one knows about independent game yeah long story I'll explain later mm. uh, so yes no I just had to mention because again if I didn't somehow a Babylon 5 fanatic would find out and like kick down our door Mm. You think people are listening to our podcast? Well, like I said, it'll be someone who's never... They will just... Somewhere in the back of their brain... Someone's talking about DS9. It's like, I must be annoying about Babylon 5! Just put hashtag B5 on our our thing. Done and done. Yeah. No, I I had heard that conspiracy theory before. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I said, I don't think it's un... It's not unbelievable, but it's also like... Yeah, I think that that original that original person who had the uh, the idea like like sniffed around at it and then just kind of gave up immediately. And I think it's just the fans now who are like, Mree! yeah, verbatim. <laughs> um, what, what are they like? 
sort of sounds like a cat in heat. So, Major Kira, I think I had said this way back when we were discussing the fact that they offered... Ro, Michelle Forbes. Thank you. Mm. Michelle Forbes, like, to be, to have Roe be Cisco's first officer. And, like, on the one hand, that would have been great. On the other hand, I'm glad she turned it down because I think it makes way more sense for his first officer to not just be a Bajoran, but a Bajoran without a connection to Starfleet or the mm. Federation. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Yeah. Like, I think that's way more important to have, like, so that she can be, you know, even as they come to sort of work together over the years and trust each other, presumably, like, there'll still be that, like, at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, she is a Bajoran first and foremost. Yeah. Whereas what we see so, so often with Starfleet officers is they are a Starfleet officer before anything. Yeah, and even Roe, like, even Roe, who eventually, like, defects, she she still has that. Spoilers. Those are, that's still a, uh... We've already covered previous that. Episodes. I know, I'm um, It's still, that's a conflict for her. Yeah. Like she still has to make the conscious decision to, to break off from, from... Like and there's Starfleet definitely... training, Starfleet ethics, Starfleet protocol, all of that. And you Your feel like there's some, like I don't give a fuck. There's some regret when she does it. Yeah, like she knows she's doing the right thing, but she still kind of feels a twinge. She's of guilt. disappointing her space dad. Yeah. Whereas at the end of the day, the only, you know, Kira cares about Bajor. Yes, she yeah. cares about her people. Yeah, and, and I think you know they they had Roe. I like Roe, and I think. But I think I ultimately agree with you on that, just because Roe has a history that's well established as well. Yeah. I think they have they give themselves a lot more flexibility to have um, a, know, new a new character. Yeah, yeah. and when we were talking about you know the the whole you know being stuck in the box, you know having interpersonal conflicts, it would be tougher to do that with people in Starfleet because you know you'd feel like oh yeah she's definitely going to do whatever Cisco tells him to because they're wearing the same fucking uniform. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. But- yeah, there's there's a real there's a command structure in place. Whereas with this, I mean, they're, they're closer to equals. Yeah, and technically yeah. the Bajorans own the station, um, so there's there's a little weird power dynamic there, which can come into play from time to time. I think. Besides that, none of visitors' uh, energy is delightful. Oh, yeah. like she's yeah, she she's is great. she just comes in right off the bat as like an angry chihuahua. Like she's yeah. a scrapper. <laughs> she she's one of nineteen forties reporter called a firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> well like I wonder like in the scene when they're facing down the Cardassian ships in this show, you know, I wonder kinda of wonder how the Starfleet officers on the bridge were feeling when she's like <laughs> Not she's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fire <laughs> all the torpedoes. We don't. We don't need. We don't need them. Just fire all six and then fuck it. Oh, and then they're just like, mm. and you know, Brian's like, oh, Captain Picard, what have I done this? Oh, heart stars and heart shows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this poor prick. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I had a nice, cozy job maintaining. No, he did. He did smile when she when she counted. She's like, we're not going to win this fight with with torpedoes. And he like had a little smirk, like, all right, we're going to lose I, this. Fight. I like where this is going. We're going to get into a hand to hand dust up with these fuckers. Yeah, I can imagine for O'Brien in particular, like the opportunity to have yeah. have a battle with the Cardassians is like, boy, yo, 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 yo. Yeah, he's in. Yikes. <laughs> but yeah, you got to do it again, though. It's like, oh, let's see. I had a nice job where I sat and maintained one little transporter Sass. room. There's no his chair in there, you his, idiot. His favorite wow. transporter his, Yes, which Because of course he has a favorite. Yes, he does. But it's like, you know, you got this room, you work on it, you have this little job all day, and now it's just like, well, good luck holding this shithole together. P.S. It was already crap, but the Cardassians broke even more things on their way out. 
And and the UI is fucked. What is this? <laughs> the computer's argumentative. <laughs> the computer's just like, you shouldn't do that. What? Shut I the fuck up, Dave! Dave! I can't let you do that, Dave. Oh, yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave was like, shut up, pal! Oh, so speaking of which, uh, that was one thing I noticed, that when he's on the station, he's wearing, O'Brien is wearing the Generations-style black mm. with color on top. But when he goes back to the Enterprise to say goodbye to Picard, because none of his other friends gave a shit. Oh, no! Um, he, uh... Well, let's assume that he said goodbye elsewhere. It's fine. He, 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 him and, he just him came and... from the firewall party. But anyway, he changed back into his, oh. yeah. his Enterprise uniform. His his TNG costume, yeah. which mm. makes you wonder if like those scenes that were filmed on the Enterprise set might have just been like after an ep- after filming an episode of TNG. Yeah. Kind of was thinking they're like, yeah. hey, uh, why don't you stick around so we can get this this scene that we're gonna put in the pilot for the other show? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I like to think that you know he was down in engineering getting uh, getting shit faced with Jordy and Argyle. Mm. <laughs> Fucking Argyle. He never left. He's just the he's 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 the chief of the night the night shift. There you go. Mm. There you go. That works. Surely the guy who played him was fired though after his shenanigans. Oh yeah, totally. But I just mean in universe. What was the shenanigans? He like started a letter writing campaign to make Argyle the chief engineer, uh. but he told people to start writing in before the episode that Argyle like debuted in actually went on. Yeah. So they were like, um. <laughs> That's we love Argyle. I do remember you mentioning this actually. Yeah. Yeah, that was ages ago because yeah. it's when Argyle was still a thing. Yes. And the, the only true Argyle, though, is the driver from Die Hard. Cool, cool, cool. So we we start off the series already swamped with religion, mm. which yeah, is which is something that's already going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and definitely a new element for TNG in the, in the way that for, it's for, being used for Star Trek. Yes, for yeah. DS Nine. For yes, all of that. Yeah, because yes. we've we've kind of touched on religion of of different people, but not like sure. one one where you know your one of your main characters is very strictly religious. You have a another character who's talking with with basically your priestesses, kind of an equivalent kind of a kind thing, like a pope. Yeah, she's yeah, more like the who, pope. who's given yeah, you like, like a patriarch sacrificial orb. Oh. She's a patriarch. It's like it's like Orthodox Christianity, right down to the to, oh, to the big flat hat. Yeah, the big hat mm. and the veil. Like, okay, yeah. So she's like a patriarch. Go on, sorry. Cool. No, it's it's something that. Sorry, I'm sure there's a proper name for the hat. I don't oh know no, it. yeah, it's, it's something that I I never know how I'm going to feel, but it already sounds like like the the, the line that Kira says is like the thing that we that's holding our people together is our religion, mm. and I'm like wow, you guys must be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you still have well, uh, like replicators? Is that their whole their entire religion seems to be built around orbs? Around the orbs no. which are sent by the the wormhole aliens. So no one, no one tell them the aliens don't think they're people. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and there's actually an interesting thing that I'm surprised is not more of a problem, and that's the fact that Kai Opaka mm-hmm. declares that Cisco is the emissary to of their uh, for their of the prophets of their relig- like he's he's not just he is literally not the Kalar kind of emissary that we like. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's a, he is a religious figure in their culture now. Yeah. Yes. Which is yes. probably interesting not just for Cisco but yeah. for like somebody at Starfleet's like Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like if you two were Catholic, or you were Catholic, and suddenly Chris has been sainted, and you're like, you know, working uh, for him or some shit. Yeah. 
Oh, it's like yeah. Or if Chris was the new Messiah. Dude, yeah, we're all in trouble if I'm the Messiah, or the Dalai Lama, or something like that, but or some other Lama. Seriously, I, what we refer here? El Paca. Do whatever oh. you must, short of violating the Prime Directive. Beep boop beep. Hey, fun story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm now a religious figure on this planet. But here's the question: though. How much did I did I affect the Prime Directive here? Now it's it's weird though because like entirely they're like ah yes of course this was foretold so wouldn't it be violating the Prime Directive to. Not, like I think we're in the middle of like a weird like paradox. What's the, yeah, a grandfather paradox prime directive I mean, issue. Does it, I, like, hang on though, does the prime directive really apply here? Because it's not like the Majorans are pre warp culture. Yeah, they're post warp. I think we're still at this point before that has been set in stone for Star Trek. At this point, they're really going to take their time we're, on this. Huh? We're several seasons into TNG at this point. Well, though. I also think though that the prime directive, like that's normally how it's applied. But I also I think it generally is just don't fuck. In the internal affairs of yeah. other cultures, period. Mm. Yeah, and they are not part of the Federation yet, so... No, but they are definitely closely affiliated and under the they're Federation's, pro- like, pro- yeah. protection and, and win. And it's, I believe they're also talking about, like, inducting yeah. Bajor into the Federation. Well, so that's what's interesting, is that, of course, you know, Picard mentions he's a big proponent of it. Yeah. But then, of course, you've got people like here who probably wouldn't be thrilled by the concept... Mm, and there's people within the provisional government. I don't know, protection from the Cardassians might be nice. Yeah, but, you know, like, she's just got their independence. They don't necessarily want to... Well, yeah, well, the thing is, yeah, like, here, she says something interesting, like, oh, you know, the, you know, you, you say you're here to help, but that's what the Cardassians, Cardassians said, said 60 years ago when they showed up, and then yeah. they, you know, basically took over and made yeah. us second-class citizens have on our seen, own planet. Have you seen what, this, what the ship looked like when you got here? That was them. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, the Cardassians were not Station. nice. But yeah, so it's sort of this weird question of, you know, just don't interfere with their culture. But it's like, okay, but according to their culture, I'm supposed to do this job now. And it's like, we'll get back to you. This, this is mm. yeah. How about well, you just ghost them? Ghost them! <laughs> Holy ghost them. Ah. <laughs> so I am a little surprised, though. So so Gul Dukat shows up on at the station. I'm, yeah, I'm a little surprised that, like, he's, like even allowed to do that. Like Giant brass balls considering that Considering yeah. they were driven off of Bajor. Gold Ducat does what he wants. Like, you, like you'd think the Bajorans would be like, uh, yeah, no, they, they're not allowed. We don't let them here. Especially that guy. Yeah, but, you know, it's the Federation, and if there's one thing they suck so hard at, it's dealing with the Cardassians. Well, they're there's probably just trying to peace. play nice and, like, not fuck everything up. Like, you yeah, feel like it's just... Peace. It's just like telling him he can't come in is just the just the slight to like bring it all but tumbling would, but down. But you could blame it on the Bajoran. Like you would think though that like what well, I mean it hasn't really been established. That's a good way to, how to deal with the shitty, with, with the Bajorans. Like how shitty. I mean we know that there was like camps and shit like that from D, from TNG. Bro, yeah. But it hasn't quite been established just how brutal the occupation was, which which will be further established. But we know like what happened to Rose's dad. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. you know like there's some fucked up shit. This should this. This to me is like, you know, some high-ranking Nazi getting off a plane in Tel Aviv and being like, hey, everybody, I'm here! That's, you know? Yeah, that's apt. It's like, maybe maybe not the that, right time. That was a great scene, though, because like I said, after watching, like, again, like, every interaction between the Federation and the Cardassians and TNG is just like... Listeners, you like can't the Federation is trying to be the bigger yeah. man. Here, we'll move this this community of Native yeah. Americans from this planet for you. We're just gonna keep knuckling under or making bad treaties to try to keep you happy because that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. 
Um, okay, Cardassia, we're bent over. Come on over. So it's really nice that, you know, you know, fucking Johnny Cardassian shows up with his usually, as usual, very unsubtly veiled threats and everything. And he's like, ah, yes, this was my office two weeks ago. And Cisco immediately makes himself comfortable in the chair. And is like, well, you can visit whenever you want. It's like, where were you during the negotiations? <laughs> mm. yeah, and this is better than Jellico and his I'm going to purposely show up late power move. That was a dumb yeah. one. Cisco's was bang on. Yeah, Cisco like has an impish style to him. Like, yeah, he's, he's he's got a mischievous streak, and he'll he'll he plays well off of off of the Cardassians that way, especially yeah. off of Gold Ducat. Like yeah. that's it's really fun to see them interact. So does yeah. Gull just basically mean captain? I think it's, so. It's like general. Yeah, general. Okay. like a high ranking. Yeah, it's, it's important. Because yeah. we meet, it's above we Glenn, meet Gull, right? whatever is. I'm pretty sure is. Gull is like it's, the top rank. Yeah. No, there's also Legate. Oh, you're like right. A, yeah, that's really a high bigger up. shot. But I thought, true. isn't Leggett almost a political position? Well, I think or... Gull, but Gull is a political... I mean, I think the... I, I the... always get the impression that Gull is like general and Leggett is, is like not necessarily or military. Right? Mm-hmm. You know I'm sure there, I'm sure nerds have put this together. Hang on. Yeah, like, I would have imagined like, it's more of like almost like a console kind of thing or something. I mean, I know he senator. eventually becomes a Leggett. Oh, spoilers. But I nice. think that that's Whoa. like a... But you're right. I mean, there is some, but there is question of where the military ends and that's begins true. on Cardassian. Yeah, and we've already had that established by TNG. All right, like, all right. So Legate is a rank given to members of the Central Command and high-ranking flag officers in the Cardassian military, equivalent to an admiral. Okay. Gull's military rank held by the commander of a vessel or installation, equivalent to a captain. Okay. okay there we I go. stand corrected. Yeah, I would have thought Legate like, was higher up too. And they sometimes commanded fleets in place of a Jagal. Joggle. Some it's people a, have joggle geese. There's Gull and Joggle. <laughs> ah. Yeah. And then Glynn is uh, junior officer grade, probably junior officer grade. Okay. They report to a Gull, and then there's our Juggle, Joggle, Dal, Dalin, Gil, Dalek. Um, Gore, Garhead. Ooh, that's Gore. got a squiggly C. Yeah. <laughs> one, one minor thing, oh, and then one more see? major thing. Yes? Uh, minor thing. That's going to be Garhetch. If it if it's the same as like IDFTs in Turkish, hello. Cool. Uh, one li- minor thing. Oh my! So much underboob. Those oh. must be the orbs. Oh, the <laughs> ah, rim shot. Wow. So there's yeah. lots and lots of that. Yeah, Davo girls. We're gonna see a few of them. <laughs> You're right. That was a Davo girl. I didn't think about what that. What is a Davo girl? Please. Um, so Davo is a game that they're gonna that they that the game that they were playing in court when, when they, they kept, kept going, going Davo. Davo! It's, it's like roulette. space roulette, I think. Yeah, yeah like that. Gotcha. It's a gambling thing. It's a little like press but the, your luck. But the, but, the, <laughs> there's, but the women who run the game, who spin the wheel, are very you know, scantily like, like clad. The, the dealers are always they're always well, like, sexy something ladies. slinky. Yeah. yeah for, for all that this show is is better with women than TNG, Rick Berman is still in the wings. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's, again, it's in in it's in universe making sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, if it, if it were making that much more sense, there would be Dabo boys as well. Yeah, well, in another it just in an establishment like that isn't quarks, I'm sure there are. Mm. Kind of. Well, like except it, we never see them. I know. Or yeah. like a magician's assistant. Like, like Quark yeah. isn't hiring the double. We do learn that Quark does love Quark a woman in a uniform. He would totally yes. sure does. Yeah. Um, Quark is interesting in that. Love Quark. In like, yeah, of course, we've, this is Armin Sherman. We've seen him play Ferengis and Boxes, boxes before. Um, <laughs> I but, loved his work as a box. But now mm-hmm. he's playing Quark, who is a Ferengi, unlike Ferengi we have seen before. Four boxes we've seen before. And right. when you say unlike Ferengi we've seen before, you mean he has like teeth that he can actually kind of talk around? And a yeah, fleshed out yeah, character. Exactly. The actor can actually speak well. Yeah, he's basically, you know, he is for 
the Cardassians, what Worf was for the Klingons. We can actually see his neck. Yeah. We, we knew what you meant. Yeah. We can see his neck. Yes. Usually they, most for other Ferengi have a thing on their heads that hides their neck. But He's got a butt head. Oh, yeah, yeah he doesn't too. wear the thing. Yeah, Worf isn't ashamed. Is it a shame thing? Or I don't know. I assume it's a cultural... I assume it's like a hat. It it's never like a, occurred to me, but, but he doesn't wear one of those. But mo- no, most, I think, uh, most if not all other Ferengi wear those. Yeah, not Rom do. Pork does not. So huh. I wonder if it. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a cultural norm that he's eschewed or something. Oh no! But I mean, well, because Ferengi are very much pointed to as problematic because of uh, associations with Jewish stereotypes, right? Oh no! What yeah, stereotype? It's like is a that? yarmulke. Is it? Mm, I mean, you could make that parallel if you really wanted to continue that unfortunate theme. Mm. I mean, I think <sighs> this show manages because they flesh out the characters to yeah, throw the, them this... way beyond the initial terrible vision of the Ferengi. The unfortunate implications of the original concept. I mean, yeah, this doesn't... definitely fleshes them out. And they're electric it fleshes flips. them out, and like I actually mm. like them, but yeah, that the, they they do occupy a very stereotypical. Uh, it's all around yeah. greed, like yeah. you know, the rules They're, of acquisition. And it doesn't help that almost all of them are played by Jewish actors. It does not yeah. help at all. Yeah, it's tricky because, of course, it's it's like I mean, you're also just trying to do a parody of like ultra capitalists, and that's mm. built around all these horrible things. But things that, unfortunately, over the years, people tried to claim are the unique purview of uh, the Jewish Jewish people. people. Yeah. So it's like ooh. maybe that does that make does that make whoever thinks they're Jew, uh, Jewish does that make them the racists for seeing these qualities and thinking Jews? Mm. That's not what I was aiming for. No, I know. I, I you know, but it, yeah, like because they when they first introduced, they talking about as Yankee traitors. Yeah, but yeah, that's what that's what Riker says. Yeah, but then it like I think he heard you. Wasn't written that way, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's not what Riker says. Isn't that what um, the Forge says? Oh, I don't remember. Well, the 40 are talking about it yeah. loudly yeah. in front of the phone. Like, of course he heard you. <laughs> oh, they're going to hit us with their electric whips. Oh, Jesus. Nice. Thank God they got rid of those. But yes, Quark. Quark's got one line. Great suits. Yep. Oh, God. So I love the variety of crazy suits. Like, the costume design on DS9 in general yeah. is much more hit than I don't this. care for Odo's. Oh, Odo. Odo's is... No, like, the, the jumpsuit they, uniforms, I don't like. I no. think they changed the cut of his eventually. I feel like it was fitting him strangely. I hope so. He looks one. like he's in a potato sack. Well, also, yeah. I just feel like he's very beige. It's also... I mean, oh, oh they're going to change Odo's, the color. Odo's oh. uniform is also just his skin. True. Because he's a shapeshifter. Because, like, when so he, he melts... So he could change it, but he chooses like, not to. Otherwise, he when will. he, when he oh, melted, right. there would just be a pile of clothes. But there's <laughs> sure. not. Yeah. When he reassembles, he's dressed. So. so when he melted as the bag, where did the Latinum go? It was. It showed the bag melting around. Oh, I missed... Him. Okay, I didn't see yeah. the Latinum. Yeah, so it was still in the locker. Got so it, when the Cardassians get back, they'll just be a stack of latinum. They'll have to carry it with no bag and it's going to be very awkward and annoying. Oh, no. Leave it to that Ferengi to give me a a self-disintegrating bag. bag. The one thing he didn't leave was one of the Cardassians threw a sandwich in there. He was saving for later. And Oda was like, mine now. Got a sandwich. (laughs) Your headcanon is weird sometimes. Sometimes. So does the sandwich become part of Oda? Yes, and you just you just like his DNA is percent DNA. Well, so, yeah, I sort of imagine rather. he's kind of like the big blob from Futurama, where he just kind of shoves stuff into his maw, mm-hmm. and presumably those things would just eventually dissolve and yeah. become part of his being. Mm. So yeah, no, he just took the you know he took the sandwich. You know, he probably like spit out the plastic wrap, but kept the sandwich. 
So now he's, like, he's what part corned beef? Yeah. <laughs> now I wonder how. Um, sounds delicious. <laughs> I wonder how Cisco was able to convince Quark to go along with this plan. That's right. Like, that's it. Like it's like, hey Quark, I need you to <coughs> shut down. You know, I know your bar is incredibly busy right now, and you're making money hand over fist. But would you mind shutting it down so I can so I can play these Cardassians I mean, for fools? Nog is still in the brig. That's true. Mm. Yeah, I guess he has that on him. Maybe he offered him extra latinum. How much does Quark favor Nog over profit, though? Mm. Yeah. It's too early to be sure. Yeah. Anyway, one final thing I wanted to bring up. Mm. Uh, because I'm... I think it's dumb that it, that the episode is called Emissary when we've seen an episode of TNG called The Emissary. Yes. yes. But the original title that they originally had for this episode before they just went with that was The Ninth Orb. No. Sounds no. like no. No. It sounds like a Dragon Ball Z title, not a, doesn't it? Not, like not a, a good movie premiere title. title. No. no, not a good title. It, the Ninth Orb sounds like it. Honestly, sounds like like an issue of a comic book that's having a larger arc. You know, it would be like you know the Test of Wills Part Three, the Ninth Orb. Um, yeah, I could see that. Like, it doesn't feel like a standalone thing. It feels like a subtitle for a larger thing, and it just, no, that's terrible. Yeah. Emissary's not good, but that's worse. Yeah, well, the the working title of the whole series, before they settled, before they just kind of, like, let it be Deep Space Nine, because they were like, oh, the, sh- the station's called Deep Space Nine, let's just have that as our working title until they gave up and made that the title, was The Final Frontier. Oh. Yeah, I had a feeling... Like, as I was thinking, like, what other working towns would they have had? I'm sure Frontier was in there somewhere, because this, let's, this is supposed to be the frontier town of the wagon train. Let's state. name a series after our worst movie. Mm. It's stupid. It's very, very, very stupid. Yeah. They were like, we've named movies after episodes before. Let's name a series after a movie. But not just any movie. The worst the one. The worst one. Um, disagree. Well, and Up Nemesis, until that point. Nemesis hadn't come out yet. None of the TNG movies have uh, come out yet. My ratings are right over there, and as you can see, I rate five over several movies. That's true. That's because you're foolish. Hey, you can just... So let's name the series The Search for Spock. <laughs> yes. The Search for Spock. Every episode just has to end with, oh, uh, comms. Has did, anyone seen Spock? Did Mr. Spock return my call? Oh, uh, yes, sir. He must be returned. Call him back. Damn it. Like, just, it's a seven-year game of phone tag. And in the last episode, <laughs> game Nimoy, of phones. Nimoy finally shows up. Yes? <laughs> do, do, Dear do, God. Do, 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 do. And Odo's like, I got a sandwich. I would have called he it did. Ghosts in the Hole. <laughs> the hole. series? Yeah. What were they even the show? I don't know. Episode one. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weird man. Cisco, you're a weird, weird man. Ah, that's great. Uh, I am very excited. This is the one I remember watching most as a kid. I hope it holds up. It will. Well, we'll get a chance to find out more next week. Yeah, when I, we know, dis- I know there is some crap. There is definitely some crap. Sorry. But there's well, I mean, some crap. Seven years is impossible <laughs> not to have misses. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I did. I this one I did a rewatch of a few years, a couple of years back, and... I it's, amaz- it's amazingly consistent. Yeah. For the time. Here's the thing. I like Enterprise. I'm sure I'll like this still. Yikes. <laughs> Alright. Eat some ham. <laughs> Shit my pants. <laughs> do, 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 do. Sky from me. So next week we're going to be reading past prologue. Reading. Watching. Fuck. So next week, uh, we're going to be tackling two more episodes of Deep Space Nine. It'll be past prologue and 
A Man Alone, episodes three and four of season one. I'm excited because you know it's my first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? It's going to be great. Everything's great. Duras. Okay. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, you can find a start to steer her by. We're all fine. Podcasts are sold. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook by searching a star to steer her by, or you can visit us on Twitter or Tumblr where we are SSHB Podcast. You can also visit www.sshbpodcast.com, which is our home on the web, but it's really just a link to our Tumblr for now. Uh, hopefully someday it'll be a real real website until keep shaming jake i mean i'm not shaming jake so much as making fun of our website so for now uh i've been caitlin i am jake this has been chris this has been ames and this is still liz thanks so much and we'll see you next time Woo! what did we want to say uh permission to just permission to just permission to disembark bark (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep working on that what